Welcome to NR92's The Feed, the only radio show worth billions and billions and billions and billions. One hundred billion dollars. It's time for The Feed. Good afternoon, I'm Chance here with Matt. And welcome to this week's The Feed, where we are going to be getting in the Christmas spirit. That's right. We've got lots in store for you this Friday. Let's kick it off right and get into some Christmas traditions. So, Matt, what does your family usually do for Christmas traditions? Look, I'm going to be real with you here. I never really celebrated Christmas growing up, which is... Oh, no. Yeah, it's different, but uh, I was Jehovah's Witness growing up. So, if you know what Jehovah's Witness is, it's a religion out there. They don't celebrate Christmas or most of the other holidays that you have throughout the year. Uh, Christmas was a huge one, which I didn't have, and all my friends did. I wasn't really, I, I don't have any resentment to that. Oh, that's uh, good. Because I celebrate <laughs> Christmas now, so I know what it's all about. I have fun with my uh, family members who do celebrate Christmas. I have fun with my friends who celebrate, so I don't feel like I missed out on anything. But I don't have any traditions, which sucks, other than like putting up the tree. Well, I'm going to enlighten you on some family traditions that I have. Okay. So we do a Chinese gift exchange. Do you know what that is? I've heard of it, yeah. Heard of it? So it's like Secret Santa, right? Yeah, yeah, sort of, in a way. So basically, everyone puts a gift under the tree, and you all take your turn with like a deck of cards. Obviously, if you draw one, you're the first to go. Okay. And if you take a present, someone has the option to take from under the tree or steal your gift. Oh, tense. Yeah, and basically, it goes up to three steals, and then the person that gets it the third time gets to keep it. Nice. Yeah, so it's pretty much like a huge battle to who's going to get the best that gift. That reminds me of The Office, <laughs> when Michael Scott purchases the iPod and everybody else gets like a $10, $15 gift for everyone, <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, this isn't fair, he's showing off. <laughs> Anyways. It's exactly like that. It'd be fun. Anyways, we have Mackenzie here to talk more on some classic Christmas family traditions. What up? Traditions are super important to me and to my family. Oh, yeah. And I love them. They're the highlight of my Christmas. But I decided that, you know, since it's the Christmas season, I wanted to learn more about other people's traditions and what better place to go than the halls of Nate. Huh. Let's see this. The holidays mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Some celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or some just spend time with loved ones while enjoying a nice dinner. But, for the most part, we all have one thing in common at the holidays. We have our own traditions. Whether it's celebrating Christmas with your friends or sitting down for a meal with your family, we have certain traditions that make the holidays what they are. For me, I have many traditions ranging from the annual Christmas Eve movie theater day with my aunt, to Christmas breakfast with my mom's side of the family, or of course, the classic Simpson family gift exchange at Christmas dinner. I have always loved traditions, and they have definitely shaped me as a person. But I knew I wasn't alone in the celebration, and I wanted to learn more about how other people celebrate. So I went around the halls of Nate to find some other traditions. Just your basics, I guess. And then one thing I always get is pajamas on Christmas Eve. Just Christmas dinner. Uh, just good food as well with family, friends, and then like a nice movie to finish it off with. When I think about how my family tradition started, I can't seem to track it back. One day we just decided to have McDonald's after the Christmas Eve church service, and now it's something that we do every year. Traditions can come from anywhere, 
and we may not even realize that they're traditions at first. Um, I guess I just grew up with them. Like, I don't, and then enjoyed them and carried them on. <laughs> just grew up with them. Yeah. yeah, family started it, older generation, and just kind of got passed down, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the tradition is. All that matters is that you get it done. Because when I miss out on a holiday tradition like watching all of Tim Allen's The Santa Claus movies in the days leading up to Christmas, well, it just doesn't feel like Christmas anymore. And I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. We went to Mexico one year and it wasn't Christmas. <laughs> yeah, same with like family or different places of the world. Like it's not the same when the same people aren't yeah, there. Yeah. Right. To me, and now I've learned to many others as well, Christmas, it isn't just about opening gifts or getting time off of school, although those are both great things. It's about spending time with the ones you love most, and most importantly, getting all excited for your holiday traditions. So if you're interested in seeing me on Christmas Eve, I'll be at West Edmonton Mall for my Christmas Eve movie, and I'll be there every year for the rest of my days. Just know, I'm saving room for my McDonald's meal at dinner time. Yeah, I think it's super important to learn about how others celebrate their holidays as well because you can learn to embrace everyone else's celebrations and also pick up some tra new traditions of your own. I think I'll be adding the Christmas Eve pajamas to my list of traditions because mm -hmm. that's such a good idea and I never thought about doing it. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I mean, the Christmas Eve pajamas sound like just a really comfy time overall. I do actually something. I picked this up because of my partner. I now wear onesies on Christmas Ooh, Eve with my partner and her family, which is very similar to yeah. the pajama party you got going on. Or if you're like, if you're like me, Christmas is like every day and you just wear PJs all the time. <laughs> but thank you for that, Mackenzie. Honestly, if there's one thing that I just realized that I do, and it's almost like a personal tradition, mm -hmm. I actually spend a fair amount of time shopping and there's always oh. really good deals happening and I can't help myself. Roughly 38% of people start their Christmas shopping before November. Now, that's too early for me. I'm more of a last-minute type of gal. But that number jumps to about 69 before December 1st. And Again, safe to say that I'm usually a part of that 31%. I was going to say, it's like shopping. Oh, my serotonin levels release when I'm shopping. So it's like an addiction. It's like when you go to get like fast food someplace you haven't gone in a long time. And you're like, all right, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to get myself a burger or something. You eat it and then you're so unfulfilled and you feel like crap after. Oh, yeah. So it's the same thing. Like I go to West Edmonton Mall and it's so busy and I'm excited buying people gifts. And then by the end of it, by the time I get home and I'm done with traffic and the parkade, I'm just like, man, I did not like that experience. Yeah. And then Christmas Day, fast forward, you open up the presents and you're like, that was worth it. it yeah, was it, was, it was worth <laughs> the dent in my bank yeah. account. Anyways, we got Sam Sue here in the studio to tell us all about retail shopping. What yeah. up? Hi. Um, shopping for Christmas gifts is obviously a big thing, as Matt said earlier. Um, but what some people don't know is the stress behind the scenes at retail stores. So I talked to my friend Melissa, who actually works in retail, to get to know a bit about how they prep their store for the holidays. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Unless you've worked retail, you probably don't know how crazy it is behind the scenes of your favorite stores during the holiday season. People are already shopping for Christmas and retail stores are starting to see it. Melissa Liu, an educator at the athletic wear store Lululemon, explains what they do to prepare for the holiday rush. The only thing that really changes is that we get a lot more stock in the back because it's gonna have we're gonna have a Christmas rush. So to meet the needs of our all of our guests, we hire more people 
and we have a lot more product in our back room to restock the floor because everyone's gift shopping. Not only are the stores busy, life in and around the mall is bustling as well. The mall parking lot is ridiculously crazy and there's a lot more traffic, super high traffic. Yeah, I'd say if, if I were to go on break during Christmas, say Black Friday or Boxing Day, and I needed to go buy food, that would not be a good idea. Like, I probably wouldn't make it to the food court and back in time for my break, because it's just so busy. The official start of the holiday shopping season kicks off late next week with Black Friday, signaling for even busier mall times. Lou says it's so busy that Lululemon starts their sales early. We have a Grey Thursday, which is basically an early uh, Black Friday. Um, so that would be regular store hours, but on Black Friday, we open at 7 in the morning and we don't close till 11 p.m. The Retail Council of Canada's Holiday Shopping Survey found that 43% of Canadian consumers plan to shop on Black Friday, up from 40% last year. The Retail Council Survey also found that Canadians plan to spend an average of $792 on the holiday this year, up from $675 in 2018. So here's your friendly reminder that you shouldn't leave your Christmas shopping to the last minute, because you definitely won't be the only one scrambling to find presents to place under the tree. Christmas time can be really stressful for retail employees, so always remember they are just trying to spread the Christmas cheer and help you with your holiday shopping. So don't be a Grinch. Melissa really opened my eyes about how stressful retail is, especially during the Christmas time. So I guess mm -hmm. from now on, I understand why some workers can be a bit grouchy during this time of year. Yeah, de I'll definitely stop whining when I'm in the lineup <laughs> from uh, from that little bit of knowledge. But uh, yeah, thank you for giving us the lowdown, Sam. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks. <laughs> all right. So retail shopping, yes, isn't all it's cracked up to be. It sounds like it on the other end, right? It's a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of work. And I don't really want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. But Matt, you're a bit of a cook. So where's some of your top places to go shopping for Christmas dinner? Ooh, for Christmas dinner, we're going to move to the food side. Uh, you know, like when I'm shopping for Christmas dinner, because I love cooking it, I usually go places that are local. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I stick to big corporations like Walmart, Costco, Superstore. I'll go there for certain things. But normally I get my meat from a shop in Edmonton called Acme. Uh, they're a local butcher shop. They've got great food and you can go down and get yourself a really good fresh cuts of meat. And you can get turkeys there as well. So I go to Acme to get my meat. And then I usually go to local markets like... Uh, farmer's markets downtown to get anything else that I need, like veggies. So I, I keep it local. Yeah, well, that's impressive, honestly. It sounds like I'm going to your place for Christmas Please dinner. Please do. <laughs> so my favorite place to go to for food in general is Costco. Seriously. So if I'm a broke girl and I'm hungry, I go to Costco and I eat all the free samples. A buck fifty hot dogs on the way out. Exactly. Aside from that, they've always got some of the best food. And Jesse is actually here with us today to give us mm -hmm. some expertise when it comes to shopping at Costco. What's up, Jesse? Yes, thank you both so much for having me once again um i will kind of uh be counter 
to what Sam was doing with her retail story. Okay. Um, I also don't like Costco food. I ate way too much of it as I spent my years there. So the $1.50 <laughs> hot dogs are not for me. I love them still. But I uh, talk, did have a chance to talk to my mother, who is a career executive with Costco. Okay. And she kind of shed some light on what their buying habits are for Christmas. All right, let's check it out. Christmas shopping can be one of the most fun and stressful times of the year. Picking out the perfect gift for friends or family can be a tough task to manage the fine line between perfection and in most cases a budget. A lot of retail stores are in a similar spot where they need to provide those gifts and fit them into people's budget. I started my working career at 16 with Costco Wholesale and stayed there for nearly five years. I experienced firsthand the craziness that Christmas and the weeks leading up to the big day brought to the store. The first Christmas I worked there was to me absolute chaos. The lines never stopped, the parking lot was always full, and the money going into the tills felt endless. My mom, Chrissy Ambrock, is a manager with Costco. She has spent the last 30 years of her career within the organization, and she has been in many positions, which has let her see the year's biggest occasion from multiple different angles. The first thing she had to say was that Christmas starts really early at Costco. Some of the Christmas stuff will start coming in around the beginning of late August, and then the majority of it will be in September. We put everything out right away as soon as it comes, merchandise it in one area, and it just depends on if people want to buy it. August and September do seem a bit early for Christmas, but within such a big organization, everything, including which items they'll be selling for the seasonal period, is planned far in advance. It's all done out of our head office in Burnaby. The buyers are controlling what merchandise comes in. They usually do that probably a year in advance with like Christmas items and stuff. They'll go to the suppliers, the vendors, and negotiate some deals. One of the things she's noticed is that Costco has changed over the years. And she mentions that people aren't throwing money around during the holidays like they used to. People maybe just are cautious on their spending. They don't buy the big ticket items like they used to. You know, they will, you know, really think about that big TV purchase if they're going to do it this year or usually the small stuff like gift cards, movie passes, skiing tickets, and sometimes some jewelry will sell. Even with the decline in sales, the sheer numbers behind them are staggering. Recent figures by Statistics Canada point to 5.1 billion in food and beverage sales at large retailers, just under 460 million in TVs, audio and video equipment, and just under 420 million in toys, games, and hobby items for the entire holiday season. For some people, Christmas shopping is a competitive sport, and after all, why not? It's the season for giving. So that's what my mom said to me, some insight. I mean, a lot of it I knew working there, mm -hmm. but uh, she really has, you know, a career of experience on how they bring items in, how they merchandise items and, you know, how sales increase around it's the It's just interesting time. to see too how far in advance they have to plan for this stuff, but it is a huge time of year, right? So mm -hmm. it's not even something that they plan so far in advance for. It's like, we're sending the Christmas trees out in August. Like my brain's not even there. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. I'm not, even if there's a deal on a Christmas tree, my, my mind's in the summertime still. Yeah. When you see it, it just kind of crosses your mind and you're like, no. And then you keep on walking around the, the store and you don't even realize it. I've only ever gone to Costco on like Sundays and I can't imagine what it would be That's like. That's the worst right. time to go. That's the yeah. worst time to go. Yeah. Thanks, like, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you so much. In a few minutes, we will talk all about an alternative Christmas legend with Tora and the main man of the month, Santa Claus, at the mall with Dan. Stay tuned. 
All right. Welcome back to our Christmas preview, spicy, festive feed segment. Uh, we've talked about traditions, ain't that right, Shantae? Yes, we've, yes. We've talked 20. about shopping. We've talked about food. What we haven't talked about is the magical component of Christmas. Uh, the big, fat, jolly fellow we know is Santa, the giver of gifts, the real cookie monster, in my opinion, because he does. He steals all those cookies. Uh, but he does have a monster-esque... I would call him an arch enemy. Dun, his dun, name dun. his name is Krampus. Krampus is basically the demigorgon of Santa's. He's everything you don't want coming down your chimney on Christmas Eve, but it actually happens earlier than Christmas Eve. And our 92's Tora is here with us now. She did some serious research on this creepy monster over the last week. Ain't that right? Yeah, so a little side note about Christmas. So uh, in Northern Europe, anyways, Christmas Mm -hmm. was almost originally celebrated kind of more at the beginning of December, specifically December 5th and 6th, which is known as All Saints Day. Okay. Um, So that's where St. Nicholas would apparently come and leave gifts. But on the eve of December 5th, it was Krampusnesh, which is uh, Night of Krampus. So Say that, that again? Yeah, yeah. Krampuschnarch? Krampuschnarch? I'm not German, so <laughs> cut me some slack. Krampuschnarch. So uh, anyways, Krampus would come and he takes care of all the naughty boys and girls that Santa doesn't bother to. Ooh, here's a little story about Krampus. This is the legend of Krampus, St. Nicholas's counterpart who takes care of all the misbehaving children. On the eve of December 5th, little children put their boots on the doorsteps or under their chimney in hopes that the ever-so-kind St. Nicholas would stop by and place tiny gifts in them, and they would wake up the morning of December 6th to joy and happiness. And he would, for all the good little boys and girls. However, St. Nicholas would not travel alone. For not too far behind him was a tall, horned, goat-like figure. You could hear Krampus coming down the streets. His heavy, animal-like breathing. Hooves dragging in the snow. Bells ominously ringing. He's coming for all the naughty and misbehaving children. For some children who acted out, he would merely leave twigs or stones in their boots. But if you were really bad all year, he would whip you with his bushes until you couldn't take it anymore. But for the worst children who couldn't be tamed, Krampus also had a magical sack much like St. Nicholas. Except his sack was not full of gifts. No, Krampus would pick up the children by the ankles and shove them in the sack and bring them down to the underworld never to return. Leave it to me to bring Halloween to Christmas. Right? If you had shared that with me when I was 10, I definitely would have wet the sheets a lot more. And you probably would have been a good kid all year round, right? Yeah. (laughs) That was spooky nonetheless, to say the least. But Krampus still is somebody who you don't want coming around. Thank you very much, Tora. You are welcome. I am what? You're welcome. I'm welcome. Thank you. (laughs) 
We brought Dan in today, too, to talk about uh, the real Santa. Obviously, Krampus is the worst creature you can meet in the middle of the night. But the legend of Christmas revolves around the merriest man of them all. That's Santa Claus. Nowadays, St. Nick is a jolly man who children wait for all over the world each year. And there's no proof technically that he exists, but there are versions of him across every mall in North America throughout December. Maybe mall Santas, I don't know, maybe they're just minions of the real Santa. But mall Santas are a legend of their own. Dan is here. He's not a mall Santa himself, but he did dive deep into the North Pole to find out a bit about the day in the life of a mall Santa. Yeah, you know, I want to talk to my local mall Santa. So we've all seen him. We've all probably sat mm-hmm. on their lap. Did you know they have an actual Santa school for them? I didn't know that there was a Santa school. Sean, say, did you know that? I had not a clue about that. These this. guys go to Santa school, and I got the story from behind them. Can we go? I think we should. Can we go? That's where a do field you, trip. Where do you apply is the question. Where do, where do you apply, I, right? I guess the North Pole. <laughs> Anyways, Santa school. Christmas is 33 days away, and the festive spirit is slowly seeping in around us. Christmas lights are starting to go up on houses. People are getting friendlier, and a big chair is being placed in every mall across the country. The legend that is Santa Claus dates back hundreds of years. Stories of him going house to house, sliding down chimneys, and leaving gifts in exchange for some cookies and a glass of milk. We all remember a small kid sitting on Santa's lap at the mall. It was always a huge deal. You were either so excited to ask for whatever you wanted, or you were like me. So scared, I would throw a tantrum in the lap of a man who is paid to hold kids he doesn't know. But come Christmas morning, seeing those gifts there felt like magic. Steven Tucson is currently working as a mall Santa. Spoiler alert, they are all different people and not the actual Santa. He spoke on the Committed to the Claws podcast about why he loves the job, what it's like to become Santa, and the painful process it takes to get that white hair. I totally got a chemical burn across my, like, the whole, like, top of my scalp. Scabbed up and second bleach hurt a little. But then I went for the tone and it was gripping the table, stomping the floor. I have to go to another place in my mind to be able to do this. When it comes down to it, mall Santas are there to build kids' belief. One of the other things that really stuck with me from the orientation though was the commitment to wanting kids to believe in the magic and i've told you before how i didn't really grow up believing in santa claus and so i was a little uncomfortable with the whole thing because they were really like it would be the worst thing if you don't preserve the magic for the kids and that they don't think that you're santa sometimes there's a little more that goes on behind the scenes to make the magic real My first shift, before a family comes to see me, one of the people who are doing the photos, helping organize uh, all of the many goings on at North Pole Place, they go and they get the names of the kids and they whisper the name to me. So when you come to see me, I know already your name. I'm like, hey, Jordan, you know, it's really great to see you. And that's a good one. I noticed a lot of kids caught instantly a little off guard. So that primes this all-knowing, (laughs) all-seeing Santa character. And then we have a treat for them after we've talked and comes in handy. In the orientation, I thought it was a pretty weak story, but giving it to kids, it was a lot of fun. And we have cotton candy for them. And it's like, I, from the North Pole, I collected magic snow 
for them. And it doesn't melt until you put it in your mouth. And I give them like this little tub of cotton candy. Santa is a tradition like no other. He is the true embodiment of the festive spirit that is Christmas. Without the countless hours they spend in those malls, how else would they know what I want? Hmm. They really are like the basis of kids' belief in Santa. You know what blew my mind? What's that? There, there are elves who tell the Santa what the names of the children are before the kid gets to Santa's lap. <laughs> and that, you know, like, because I never experienced this as a child, I'm still thinking as a child, like, what this would have <laughs> been like. And it would have blown my mind how Santa would have known who I was if they would have somehow sneakily got my name and put it over on Santa's lap before I got there. I that actually, blew my mind. You walk up and... He's like, hey, Matt. You're like, oh my God, this is Santa. He knows my I name. Would, I would literally be like, hey, something's up. Something. I've Still. never had that experience, actually. I think I've sat on Santa's lap like once, and I was like five at the time, so I knew it was up. I, we should do it I, this I it year. We should do it as adults. Everybody should do this every single year, whether you're an adult or young. Just sit on Santa's lap. What can I ask lap? Santa for now? That's all. <laughs> Anyways. Thanks, Dan. Always wondered what it would be like to be a mall Santa. Overall, the Christmas season is around the corner. It's exciting to gear up for all of the food, presents, eggnog, drinks, of course, family time. We here from NR92 hope you've got a Merry Christmas over the holidays and just have safe fun all around. That's pretty much it for our Christmas preview of the feed. Before we go, give me your best impression of Santa, Matt. My best impression? Yeah, go. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Is that all right? That was good. I tried. <laughs> if you missed the feed, you can check it out tonight on our SoundCloud, NR92 Radio, or listen to it again here on NR92 Sunday at 7. Thanks for tuning in. Smell you later. Oh, no. It's over already. Thanks for listening to the feed. Hear it again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or find it on NR92 SoundCloud.